Hello, and welcome to another week of the Fiber Coven podcast. We're here to talk with you guys about some yarny stuff and some witchy stuff. We usually started off with some news, and Emily, take it away. I have shows happening, but one of them is canceled. I'm not doing the OFF market on uh, Saturday, July 9th, uh, because I can't. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. So... I am doing the uh, Darksome Art and Craft Market at the end of July, which is virtual. Um, I have a uh, Instagram live at 4 p.m. on that Sunday with Fennel and Clark, who is a handmade jewelry maker who is also bending at the show. We're going to like talk to each other about being independent makers and stuff. It will be fun times. Uh, and it's a whole big spooky art and craft show. There's over a hundred different vendors of all sorts of different stuff, like soap, jewelry, art, pretty much anything you could want that's spooky. I just followed a cool hat maker that's like a milliner making cool witchy hats that's super sweet from there. So I'm getting tons of artists to follow. I think you will get tons of cool artists to follow too. I will also have a coupon code to save 10% on my shop during that time and i will have all of my spooky deathly cute stuff up for the show so that will be cool some of the proceeds of the show are being donated to an abortion access fund uh five percent of my sales from the show will be uh, donated to that cause as well i don't think they've picked the exact um one there was a voting process yet so an abortion access fund i will tell you exact what exact one it is when i know and that is what is happening the last weekend of July. I will also be in Seattle at Urban Craft Uprising on August. Is it the 8th or the 7th? I need to look at a calendar. August 7th, Sunday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, that will be in person in Seattle. I will have a booth. Come see me if you live in Seattle. I don't want to be all lonely by myself at my booth. <laughs> um, and I will have all of my pins on hand there. Um, Chad will be my booth babe there to help me. So come meet us. I will bring Fiber Coven stickers to hand out to anyone who says that they are a fan of the show. Yay. Mm -hmm. I hadn't heard the term booth babe before and I like it. I like it too. I use it all the time. <laughs> Nice. Great. And also, by the time you are listening to this, if you're listening to the audio version, there will be items that are going to be listed for totally 100% for abortion access. I picked out the thing, but I'll link it in the show notes. Uh, a local Southeast um, United States, um, really diverse board of organizers, um, abortion access fund. It's one of the ones linked to the National Network of Abortion Funds. I am covering the costs of shipping and the fees. So 100% of your purchase price will be going to support people's right to medical autonomy. Um, and this was a lot of stuff that you can buy, but really um, no pressure to buy. Just if you wanted to help spread the word about these events that are raising money for a good cause, we would find that to be super duper helpful. Awesome. Yeah, so we didn't finish anything. I promise next week I will have something finished. I will semi-promise. <laughs> um, the thing I have that's real close is my second Studio Ghibli bralette. I have cast off just this morning for the back. I have my little sleeve or my little uh, strap separated mm -hmm. out. Um, 
yesterday was my birthday and I treated myself to um, getting real unsober and watching Totoro. And so that's cute. (laughs) Yeah. And so this is the Studio Ghibli Totoro inspired yarn from Big Little Yarn Co. And I'm just making a ripple bralette and I'm ready to start my little cuppies. And I think I can finish that by next week. Yes, I was so happy last night. Just zooming away on this. Just to-do, to-do, Just delightful. I forgot the dark bit in there when they think the little sister's dead. Oh, yeah. I'm just <laughs> like, oh, this is too much for me. Yeah. Anyway, so this is the delightful little project I've been working on lately. But I've also been crushing the Truchet Triangle, which is one of Emily's patterns that I've been knitting for a baby blanket. Well, that's right? quite it's a Truchet now. rectangle. Yeah, I'm working on my third full row. It looks very pinwheely, very bold colors. I'm super happy with it. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of fun. Yay! Yay! Cute blanket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to see. I know I'm running out. The black yarn is going to be my limiting reagent, so to speak. So I'm going to finish up. Because I want it to either be four rows wide or six. So I'm going to finish four and see how much I have mm-hmm. and assess from there. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty happy with it. That's what nice. do you think, designer? Um, what is the black yarn? Is it a commercial black yarn that you could get more of? Oh, no, it's just I, I dyed it up. I could do more if I wanted to. But what do you No, I was more thinking about what, what you think of like it as a blanket. It's so cute. I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it too. Tell I agree. Four six rows will look nice. Mm-hmm. I have worked a bunch on my Mount Pleasant top. Huh? I'm on the collar. You're on the collar? Yeah. So I have my two yeah. little baby sleeves. Those are the funniest sleeves. They're, They're like so barely funny. an inch. They are three quarters of an inch, in fact. Nice. Uh, Per, as per the pattern um they're curling in a little bit right now but i think that they won't after blocking um but i have those and i'm on my little collar the collar pickup i have tried it on and it does fit me um mm-hmm. so that's exciting uh but yeah i only have a couple more rows to do on this and then it's weaving all the ends time and blocking it's super cute i'm glad that you like the way it fits on you yes so i have some yarn in my stash here if you want to pick what you would like one made out of and before i show you this these are just the only options i have enough of to do it in so if you don't like any of these i'm definitely willing to get a different color so don't like feel like i'm limiting you to this so oh my gosh i get to pick yarn live on the podcast yeah this is some uh knit picks uh oh it is a very dusty lavender mauve uh, mm-hmm. merino cashmere nylon. Uh-huh. It's very soft. So I have that. It's called very nice. Magnolia Heather because it is like a Heather. Mm-hmm. I really like Nitpicks' Heathers. Yes, they are. They're some of the best Heathers. I have another Nitpicks, um, which is the gloss fingering and mm-hmm. it's called winter night and uh mm-hmm. i got this originally to do color work to do like a or no it wasn't color work but it was like a tardis inspired 
lace pattern and I'm never going to do that. <laughs> I've done and, a TARDIS inspired lace project before. <laughs> nice. Uh, and this is 70% merino, 30% silk. Mm-hmm. And it's like a slight, still kind of heathery just because of that silk content, but it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. a navy. Um, and then hand dyed, I have this purple and mm-hmm. like dark gray from dork wool which is a local dyer to louisville and this is called mm-hmm. silverberry and this is just a hundred percent merino mm-hmm. i do i have two of them obviously nice um and it has like speckles and stuff and then second hand dyed option is this hedgehog oh my goodness skinny singles mm-hmm. um in is this nor yes this is nor um so it is a white base with tons of speckles tons of black grungy and red speckles i think it's probably supposed to be kind of like blood because it's called noir and this mm-hmm. is their skinny singles base mm-hmm. do you like any of those i like all of them i think i would pick the first one the capretta the capretta yeah yeah, I wear mostly black, and I think a nice mauve little top would look cute. This is also, I think, the like gonna make a really nice top because it's definitely the softest like to touch option of them. Hmm. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. That was so easier than I thought it would be. Nice. I'm glad. Um. But yeah, I think that that will show off the lace nice too because it's just a heather. It's not a. Mm-hmm. super crazy speckle and yay. it will look good with your wardrobes yay and then I, the other thing i need from you is i need to know what your bust measurement is so i can pick the right size 36 36 That's easy. i'm gonna write that down in my notes app mm-hmm. now everybody knows how big my boobs aren't <laughs> uh, it's okay it just means I don't really ever have to wear a bra, yep. which is honestly pretty sweet. I haven't really worn a bra except for once or twice when we did things together last week since the pandemic started. Yeah, that's fair. I, I like it. And hard pants, too. It's not something I do anymore. If I have to look nice, I'll just wear a dress. Totes. Mm-hmm. Yay. Yay. So that's what I'm going to cast on when i'm done with my mount pleasant i'm gonna start that a, a u mount pleasant that really I, speaks highly of the pattern if you could knit two in a row because like i've knit at least three ripple like bralettes and stuff well crop tops and i i don't think i could knit two in a row i mean it's so much of it is just vanilla that it mm-hmm. is like a really good because I'm kind of burnt out on socks as I said before I started this one so it's like a really good sock replacement project because you just get to knit vanilla in the round and then vanilla flat for a while um and I found Mm -hmm. the lace to be easy enough that I could work on it like while I was out in public and stuff which is nice for me um so yeah I I really highly recommend the pattern I think that um for how easy it is and how like cute it looks on it's a really really nice high quality pattern rad Mm -hmm. have you been knitting on anything else no (laughs) fair enough 
Uh, I guess that brings us to acquisitions. And I really only have uh, your birthday presents you sent <laughs> me. And first off is my possum. Emily has this nice, beautiful watercolor background. It's nice and purples. And it has a uh, hissing possum on it. He is alert and staring you right in the eyes. It mm-hmm. is fantastic. And I love it. He's fun. He was fun to make. I used my yeah. bean watercolor paints for uh, the background, which is a Canadian indigenous person who makes handmade watercolor paint uh, from natural materials and is super cool. So if you like to paint, look up beam watercolor paints. Nice. And then you also gave me a skein of Lady Dye yarns in their DKA 100% Superwash Merino base in the morticia colorway which i have definitely put this in my cart before yeah i so i got that from boston fiber co on my trip to boston and Mm -hmm. i kept like picking it up and i was like i think lauren would really like this and i debated not getting it because it's it is dk instead of fingering but i was like "Eh, you can make yourself a quick little one-off dk project with it that'll be fine because it's like so Mm -hmm. pretty it is super pretty it's like a light purpley base with like bits of dark purple and black and red morticia Mm -hmm. adams would indeed like this very much Mm -hmm. it makes me happy i don't know what i'm gonna do with it maybe you never know i might get my act together and start knitting things and selling them for various liberal things that i like the idea of funding Mm -hmm. you know like human rights which are quickly disappearing don't worry about it Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and that's what i got for my birthday yay hooray cool so we can move on to occult corner and this is kind of a spin-off of last week i was researching cemetery traditions and folklore and then i kind of detoured down into some like funeral and ancestor offering things and um And I'm going to talk today about something that I didn't want to put into last week's, which is the tradition, human tradition of offering libations to the dead. Um, And it's basically an excuse for me to talk about my favorite, like little chunks of history, which are like Egyptian, Greek, Roman. (laughs) So here we go. We're going to learn some stuff about things that people are still doing to this day, which I think is the coolest aspect of this little tradition. So in pretty much every civilization and culture that has ever been, there has been some sort of practice of offering some sort of food or drink to the dead. Um, This is an incredibly common international practice, but I'm kind of more talking specifically about the practice of pouring out a little bit of mainly beverages, but in some parts of the world, it's a handful of grains of a starch. Um, It's pouring out a little bit for for the dead. Mm -hmm. Sweet. So it started in ancient Egypt and the traditional thing that was poured out uh, to honor the dead or to honor the gods was water because water, when you live in a desert, you value water mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and life, you know, water was the giver of life and it was sacred and all that good stuff. But this practice was said to have started in upper Egypt, which um, upper meaning the headwaters of the Nile, meaning more South, more closer to con- like the center of the African continent. Um, so it disseminated there into, uh, as you know, 
down the Nile towards the Mediterranean. And it also spread in the other direction into other African cultures. Um, and it's, as Google tells me, still something that is practiced in lots of African cultures, uh, past and present. And there's also a libation um, aspect to Kwanzaa. And this is just kind of like, a, if this piques your interest, I suggest you go and find some more authentic sources of knowledge. But that's something that's something that is. Um, and then from Egypt, the practice of libations or spilling out a little bit of your drink to honor the gods or the dead went to uh, the Greeks. And I was familiar with this practice through the reading of the Iliad, which is one of the first things I read as a child, <laughs> which is kind of messed up. Um, yeah. So in... It's okay. One Greek of the first things I read as a child was the Bible. It's a good point. Ancient <laughs> texts, ancient texts that have entire chapters that are just who stabbed who and what you shouldn't do or mm-hmm. perfect reading for anybody of any time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, in ancient Greek culture, there were two sorts of libation offerings. There were the there, first was the choi, which is where you have a vessel of your, the liquid that you're going to offer. And it wasn't only alcohol, then it could be, it could definitely be wine. That was one of the options in ancient Greece, but it could be honey or water or oil or perfume, just whatever like valuable liquid you had to pour out to honor the dead. So the choi was when you had a vessel filled with the liquid you're going to offer and you pour the whole thing out onto the earth. And that was more of a practice to honor the gods uh, but more specifically the sorts of gods that live within the earth because they had the gods uh, who lived in Olympus above the earth and then the gods that lived below the earth like Hades and Persephone or perhaps the um, fallen heroes that were in in the afterlife, which was all thought to be underneath in Greek mythology. Um, and in contrast with the choi, which is the libation where you're spilling the whole thing, they had the sponde which is where you're just offering out a little splash of whatever you're drinking mm-hmm. to the gods or to fallen heroes or to your ancestors. Um, one of the main sources that talks about uh, Greek funeral practices is, of course, the Iliad and the funeral of Patroclus, which is like a huge deal in the Iliad. Um, some scholars say that Achilles performed the funeral rites that a wife would perform for a husband, but... Um, I don't know. I'm pretty biased. They've always been my favorite uh, fictional gays, Achilles and Patroclus. I love, I just love that story. It's, it's really, it's really tragic. Like Patroclus's ghost, like asked to be put in the same urn as Achilles, who pretty much knows he's not coming back from this war, but there's lots of uh, spilling of drinks out to honor dead Patroclus who did a bunch of like crazy hero stuff and climbed the walls of Troy before getting like killed. Um, and there's lots of games, lots of spilling of liquor out onto the ground. And of course, the Romans loved to cocky, copy the Greeks. Cocky, Freudian slip, totally appropriate when we're talking about the ancient Greeks and Romans. They, they were very the horny. Beans. They were so horny. Anyway, Romans didn't think of a single thing for themselves as far as religious practices goes. Pretty much their city foundation story is the only original thing they've done. They did, however, incorporate lots from everywhere around them, but most predominantly the Greeks. 
but they really ratcheted it up to 11. They had interactive sarcophaguses where you could go and visit the dead if you're going to go have a little picnic by your ancestor's grave. And you could um, pour a little libation directly into your deceased loved one's tomb, which I think is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Yeah. Many Roman burial sites or tombs had a little, basically like a little funnel that if you were going to pay respects to your deceased loved one, you could just pour out a splash and you'd go directly in there and onto their little uh, final resting place. But more famously, there was one super elaborate sarcophagus uh, from Rome and it was a whole elaborate dinner scene and it had carved into it a little funnel um, that was a chalice that uh, it would funnel it directly into the sarcophagus. But uh, from the perspective, you would be the person, the person pouring the libation to honor the dead would be fulfilling the role of the slave, filling the cup of the master, which I thought it was interesting. It's an interesting allegory, uh, you know, like architecture that's meant for the dead is supposed to make you feel different things. And I think that one's a really interesting one, kind of on the lines of like, memento mori which was a roman thing remember that you will die and like in this little act of this one super fancy sarcophagus it puts the poorer in the role of the slave like you know we're all equal in death sort of a thing mm-hmm. and thought, in a less profound observation it's like a beer bong for the dead <laughs> it is totally a beer bong for the dead mm-hmm. oh, great the romans they knew how to party <laughs> yeah Speaking of people who know how to party, I also saw around the internet that it is common in some Russian cultures to pour out a little vodka onto the graves of their deceased loved ones. It's it's the same sentiment. Uh, and the practice of libations is also mentioned in the book of Genesis in the Old Testament. So it's basically something that people who lived in the cradle of civilization have been doing. And fun fact is still going on to this day. I will just preface this by saying I am a suburban light-skinned person. Uh, This is not my culture to talk about, but uh, throughout the 90s hip-hop culture and urban culture, there's a practice of pouring one out for the homies made popular in the 1991 classic Boys in the Hood, as well as Tupac's 1994 song, Pour Out a Little Liquor. So this is a cultural practice rooted in ancient Egypt which directly flows into people that are still doing this custom and honoring their deceased loved ones by pouring out a little of whatever libation that they are enjoying to honor those who have passed. And I just think it's super cool. I, I remember seeing that in like old school rap videos as a kid and thinking like, Oh, I get that. It's just like the Greeks and Romans, but I realize it's not a connection that a lot of people would make, I guess, but but there it is, something we've always done and something we'll always continue to do is pouring a little out for the homies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the uh, a brief history of libations. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Any excuse to talk about history. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So for shameless self-promotion, what you got to sell, Emily? I have a shop update happening on Monday. July 11th. It will be at 11 a.m. If you want, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you don't miss out on stuff. I'm debuting a lot of new products in this shop update, including 
my new purple yarn ball earrings. So cute. They're really cute. So these are stainless steel posts and the uh, metal is 22 karat gold plated. So they should be good. Even if you have sensitive ears, Um, they come with little rubber backings on the post. And I think they're very cute. I'll also be debuting my new yarn gumball machine keychain with the little shaker yarn balls inside of it, which is very Very fun. And I will have my new pastel rainbow yarn ball uh, stitch markers and charms. So there will be a full set of six with all of the pastel rainbow colors, or you can get them individually, just one color if you want. Um, So those are those. I have two brand new washi tapes. I have the pastel uh, knit heart washi tape and the pastel rainbow yarn balls washi tape. And then I also have a totally brand new product, which is croc charms. So these are charms for your croc shoes. Uh, and they, I have two, three sets coming out. So there is the, um, pink yarn love sets, which has the little Mm -hmm. word yarn, a little, cable knit sock a purple mm-hmm. yarn ball and a little pastel knit heart very and nice there is also a blue and green version of that set that is all of the same stuff but uh mm-hmm. in blue and green and then there is a full rainbow yarn ball set with six pastel rainbow yarn ball colors um that you can get also so you can really deck out your crocs with some yarn stuff that's so fun (laughs) you don't think it's fun we know (laughs) lauren hates plastic shoes (laughs) it's cute yes uh so all of the croc charms and the stitch markers will also be available in a junk yarn shop at that time on that day. And she has a couple uh, pastel rainbow yarns coming out as well. Um, so if you want yarn, you can go shop with Kemper uh, at junkyarn.com. And if you don't want yarn uh, or you want like the earrings, the keychain, or the washi tape, you should come shop with me. Very nice. Yes. Brad. Mm-hmm. So cool. There, as much as I'm not a fan of plastic shoes, I think all your other rainbow yarn stuff is awesome. The washi mm-hmm. tape is really cute. Um, oh, direct tie in. I snagged a little of it before I left. And if you buy some of the kits I'm going to be putting together for abortion access fundraisers, you might be able to snag some of that too. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. So if you are looking to find us anywhere around the internet where you can find Emily's merch, my yarns, Emily's patterns, show notes for this podcast, just head on over to fibercoven.com and we'll direct you to all those places. If you haven't considered joining our Patreon, come join. We have a really cool Discord group and I think they're awesome people. Yeah. Sweet. Until next week, Coven, keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye. Bye.